Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike, continuing our look at COVID-19, how we tackle it, how we defeat it, and how we emerge on the other side of this unfortunate era uh, victorious. A vaccine will, of course, be one of the major tools we use to win this battle. And depending on where you live, you could get your COVID-19 vaccine at a church, uh, a sports arena, uh, or even a, a fairground. Here is Dr. Angela Dunn last month discussing the state's distribution plans in the works. So the distribution chain will likely be a mix of public health, healthcare systems, and pharmacies working together to make sure that the most amount of people have access to the vaccine when it does become available. Now, we also spoke relatively recently to the immunization program manager for the Utah Department of Health on the distribution plans. Uh, here's what he had to say. At least on our end, when that vaccine is ready, when they give us the, you know, the green light that the vaccine is safe and effective and how many possible vaccines there could be and uh, what those vaccines are licensed for to, um, to give to the public, that all those kind of plans kind of come together. And then at that point, it'll be to get that vaccine out to um, those that want it here in Utah as quickly as we can. Now, you heard that you heard that line there at the end. He said, uh, make it available to those here in Utah that want it. We're going to return uh, to that point in a moment. But let me walk through you, uh, walk for walk through with you <laughs> some of the plans that have been uh, recently revealed by the 13 uh, public health districts around the state. Now, they're all a little bit nuanced depending on their individual circumstances and challenges. The, the Utah Department of Health has submitted their plans for a statewide COVID-19 vaccine campaign to the CDC. The deadline was uh, just this past Friday. Uh, Each health department has made their own plans with their own concerns. And if you make your way to uh, Deseret.com right now, uh, there's a a wonderful article put together. The headline reads, A Look at How You Might Get Your COVID-19 Vaccine. I'll, in fact, post that on my uh, Facebook page, make it a little easier to find there. So uh, navigate your way over to Facebook and you'll find it. Uh, But while you're there, you'll see some of the unique challenges and concerns uh, from the various health districts. Uh, In Salt Lake County, the unique challenges are predicted to be a large and diverse population, including numerous homeless and undocumented individuals. So those uh, populations uh, will require you know, a unique approach to get vaccinated should those uh, individuals require or desire a vaccine. Davis County, the biggest concern there is a shortage of nurses to deliver large quantities of the vaccine. Uh, and they point out the health department there receiving 10,000 doses 
is very different than receiving 100,000 doses. All right. Uh, Southeast District, this is Carbon, uh, Emory and Grand Counties. Uh, Because many people live far from the health department, providers often travel to individuals, especially the elderly uh, who are homebound, to give vaccines. Uh, And then uh, lastly, uh, Utah County. Uh, with unique challenges being cited as significant pockets of individuals who are vocally opposed to vaccines. Joining us on the line now uh, from the Utah County Health Department, spokesperson Aisley Tolman-Hill. Aislin, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm well. First, thanks for joining us, uh, Aislin. And talk to me a little bit more about this unique challenge that you face in the rollout of a vaccine, should it be made uh, available here soon, that significant pockets of individuals uh, are vocally opposed to vaccines. What's that mean for the, the department? Sure. So so really, it is something that, that we deal with on a continual basis, if it is, you know, really any type of vaccine. So the good news is that it's not a new challenge for us. So it's something that we do deal with on a routine basis. But as we are looking at COVID-19 vaccine, something that um, is pretty important for, um, for, the, for the community, for the state, and for the nation as a whole, we, you know, it's something that it definitely is a concern. Um, and, and we're looking at you know, how, how we work with that. You mentioned this being a challenge that's not new to the department. How have you in the past gone about, uh, is it executing some sort of education effort, or or how do you address this in terms of practicality? So one of the things that we do is we have best practices that come from the CDC, that come from the state. And so we have, like you said, it really is about education, and our education is not really going to be any different than what you're going to see in any other county from in Utah County or in, uh, really any other state. So we, we consistently use best practices and science-based best practices. And so that education is going to roll out and those, that science-based approach is something that we will continue to use, we'll continue to educate, and we will continue to use any um, you know, and new and upcoming best practices that we see as being useful um, for public health as a whole. And certainly there's other pockets um, of, you know, folks that are, you know, quite vocal about if they're just anti-vaccine in general. Um, so that's something that we can we can learn from other communities as well. Yeah. Uh, where, in terms of your plan, where will uh, where will folks residing in Utah County expect to, to receive a vaccine once and if it's made available? Sure. So for COVID nineteen, it's it's going to be similar to kind of how we plan for um, any large scale vaccination, and we're we're kind of practicing a little bit with our with our flu clinics and how we are getting ready for that. So. Some of the things that we're that we're looking at right now are just kind of, you know, what are some of our larger venues within the county? Because some of the things that we're really concerned about are certainly social distancing. So it doesn't really matter if it's COVID-19 or if it's flu vaccine right now, because we, we certainly need to maintain those physical distancing guidelines. So we're looking at things like the fairgrounds in Spanish Fork. We're looking at... Um, you know, things like any sort of a convention center, you know, a place where um, any any area where a home show might be done. 
so very large venues or things that we're looking at. We're also looking at, you know, so so those those areas could be done um, for like an in-person right. um, vaccination event. We're also looking at options for drive-through events, mm. and it's you know it's hard, and we're we're certainly not alone as we look at not knowing what the timing of vaccine av- availability will be. Yeah, and, and knowing, not knowing what weather will be like. It's a subtle distinction, but but honestly, revelatory to me just now. As I have looked through your, your plans, I saw fairgrounds, I saw high schools, and uh, possibly church meeting houses. I thought, well, those are very big places. How many people do they expect to turn out? And then, uh, just as you've described it here, it dawns on me that no, it's not about it's not about capacity. It is about a physically large enough space to ensure that physical distancing is uh, is possible. So, so uh, thank you. Thank you for that, for that uh, clarification in my own mind. It makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, we are out of time, and I'm so sorry for that because I have plenty more questions. I'm sure that you and I, uh, once we get closer to a vaccine and once one is actually rolled out, we'll have plenty more uh, to discuss when uh, these plans are set in stone and we are uh, up and running. But uh, until then, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for the work you're doing to protect those in Utah County and beyond. Aislinn Tolman-Hill has been my guest with the Utah County Health Department. Thanks again. Thank you. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And then when we return, I want to share with you uh, a conversation I had recently. It was uh, after a show, middle of last week, a gentleman called me and said, Lee, you're missing something. And it has to do with poverty real poverty, which has come as a result of this coronavirus. He shared with me his story. I'll share it with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.